Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and we're back for another episode of Christmas in July. So last week, we had a pretty solid entry with the first Christmas episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. I thought it was a huge jump up in comparison to that Blossom episode we did. That one was brutal. That is rough. If you went back and watched that Blossom episode, did not fall the way that we thought it was going to fall. But the Everybody Loves Raymond episode turned out to be really solid. Really enjoyed that one. That would be part of my Christmas canon, my Christmas TV canon, if I were to make one. But this week, I am super excited about this one. This week, we're heading into the world a little bit outside of TGIF. I know we've talked about this plenty in the past, but if you're new here, we don't always do TGIF specific shows here on the TGI podcast. Now, when it comes to October, November, December, we're going to be far stricter with trying to do those shows, your full houses, boy meets world, step-by-step, those types of shows. But we have a little more leeway outside of those months. And this week we're covering the first Christmas episode of Scrubs. Now, on to the show. I can't do this all on my own. No, I know I'm no Superman. I'm no Superman. So like I just mentioned, this is the first time we're covering Scrubs. And I am very excited for this. And since it is the first time, I'm going to go over my history with the show real quickly. We like to do that on here whenever I am covering something I haven't covered yet. And when it comes to my history with Scrubs itself, I am currently in the middle of my first watch of the series as a whole. So I was fully aware of the series itself and probably caught bits and pieces along the way, but I had never watched a full episode until now i'm a few seasons in so i'm not entirely done yet i'm loving it it's my new binge obsession something i watch handful of episodes a day usually right before i go to bed i love it it's uh it's so far so good very much enjoying the show now when i stumbled upon this uh when i stumbled upon this actual episode that we're covering this week I knew that I would have to do it for the podcast because I ended up loving it a lot. I know that gives away a little bit of uh, how I like to do it here on the podcast, but uh, this is a very good one. Now, this episode itself, it is called My Own Personal Jesus, and it was the 11th episode of the series uh, and 11th episode of the first season, and it debuted on December 11th of 2000. And one. So it's crazy to think that this episode is almost 20 years old, that this episode of Scrubs is almost 20 years old. Hard to believe. And now for the series itself, it was created by Bill Lawrence, and it ran for 182 episodes over the course of nine seasons, although I know that many would argue the series ended after season eight, kind of took a different turn there in season nine. Uh, I guess I'll have to see what I think of that when I finally get to that point. Uh, probably later on in the next couple of months. The series itself, it starred Zach Braff as Dr. John Dorian, otherwise known as JD. Donald Faison played Dr. Christopher Turk. Sarah Chalk played Dr. Elliot Reed. Ken Jenkins played Dr. Bob Kelso. John C. McGinley played Dr. Perry Cox. 
Judy Reyes played Nurse Carla Espinoza. And last but not least, one of my favorite characters on the show, Neil, Fel- uh, Neil Flynn, excuse me, played the janitor. That's the main cast. There's other people who jumped in and out. Like uh, this episode, it features Krista Miller, who plays Jordan Sullivan, who is also the real-life wife of show creator Bill Lawrence. She is great in the series. She was on the Drew Carey show. That's where I first knew her from. She's very funny on this. And this episode also has a myriad of other background and side characters, a couple different actors here and there. But I do want to point out Aloma Wright, she plays Nurse Roberts, and she always makes me laugh in this show. She has awesome little one-liners. She's always cracking me up. Very funny. We didn't get really a full view of how funny she can be in this episode, but she is very funny overall. And so like I like to do whenever I'm covering these episodes, I'm turning to IMDb for a quick response or a quick synopsis of the episode. And part of the reason why I go to IMDb is because I I love the absurdity sometimes of these synopsis synopses of these shows because they can be just so all over the place. But here's what we got for this episode. It says, "It is Christmas time and no one except Turk feels like celebrating." Cox gets JD to video the birth of a friend's baby, and once again, nothing seems to go right. Again, not the greatest synopsis in the world, but it certainly works. For the episode itself, we start off, we're inside Sacred Heart Hospital, Christmas decorations are in full force, the music is playing, feels very Christmassy right from the jump, so I do enjoy that. Very busy waiting room. It's the holidays, I guess. People getting injured and sick and hurt around the holidays is is being reinforced here early on in this episode. We have JD, who, if you don't know, if you haven't watched the show, he's also the narrator of the series. You're sort of hearing his own inner monologue of what is going on in his life. And he notes that at this moment, it is Christmas Eve, but it's very hard to get everyone in the Christmas spirit when you spend all your time in the hospital, which I would have to say, I I couldn't imagine if I worked in a hospital, I do think it'd be very difficult, very, very difficult to get into the holiday spirit. It's just got to be hard with everything, everybody who's pushing and pulling for you while you're there. And in that moment, he's sort of reflecting on what's happening and how he's not in the Christmas spirit. And then a, a nurse yells at him and says that he's in everybody's way. But JD, he then mentions that there is one tradition he really enjoys. And at this point, he's standing underneath some mistletoe. So, you know, maybe a little something, something is about to happen. And he says that he really enjoys uh, Nurse Tisdale taking her 9.15 a.m. coffee break. And at that moment, we have this Nurse Tisdale come walking out of her room. And we get a Phoebe Cates type moment from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She's walking down the hallway. She's got a red bikini. The music is playing. And then all of a sudden the fantasy gets ruined when Elliot and Carla come up and we're like, oh, hey, what time is it? So they clearly know JD's intentions while he's down here trying to flirt, trying to kiss one of the one of the cute nurses. As we jump into the next scene, we have Elliot. She's having to work. We find out she's working at the free clinic. And she's stuck dealing with some interesting characters, including a guy who wanted some morphine or some drugs because his teeth itched, <laughs> which I found to be kind of kind of funny. And she tells Dr. Kelso 
that there is a teenage girl who came in, she has abdominal pain, and they discovered she's actually eight months pregnant. And if you've ever watched a television show in your life, especially one that's centered around Christmas, as this one is, you know that if a storyline like this, that a young girl is pregnant, doesn't know it, presents itself early on in an episode, you kind of have an idea of how it's going to play out. Not that that's a bad thing, but immediately when I first saw this, you're like, okay, she's going to give birth on Christmas. A young mother, come on, we've seen this story five million times before. But at this point, Dr. Kelso, he tells Elliot she, she might as well get used to dealing with pregnant patients because she's probably going to end up being an OBGYN or being family practice simply because she's a woman. And despite the fact that Elliot specializes in internal medicine, she's like, that's not going to happen to me. And so if you're first timer of the show, this is a perfect example of the fact that Dr. Kelso, he's kind of the bad guy of the show. He's very snarky, doesn't really treat the women all that well. He has this belief in his head that that women are always going to go into that line of work in the medical field because once they see a baby or once they have a baby, they never want to go back to to being, you know, a normal practitioner or being a a like Elliot here who specializes in internal medicine. So he's kind of a jerk and it gets inside Elliot's head. She's not too happy about that idea. And it immediately from there goes into the opening intro of the show, which I love that little open sec opening segment. It's only 15 seconds long, if that, but it's, I love the music, everything. It works really well, but it does get stuck in my head almost all the time. So following the intro of the show, we're back and we're with JD and he's roaming the halls and we have our first appearance by Dr. Cox here. Of course, he's making fun of JD. That's what he does making fun of him for having product in his hair and then we get the type of line that 20 years later probably won't fly very well now where he's basically telling jd he's a girl as if that's some sort of insult but of course in 2001 that was something that people thought was funny or thought was an insult and after we have cox putting him down he tells jd he needs some help with a patient that's actually a friend of his and jd he thinks this is this is kind of a big deal. He's like, whoa. He's like, Dr. Cox thinks pretty highly of me if he wants me to help out with some patients uh, and they're actually people he knows. But we find out all it is is he wants JD to videotape the birth <laughs> uh, for this couple that he's friends with. So after JD, he takes a look uh, at a guy in a bed. This is the next scene. JD's sort of standing outside of a a room there and he's looking at a patient who is in a coma and his family is all around him and jd's inner monologues talking about how he hates these situations because the family believes he can walk in and give them an answer and make things right but he just doesn't always have the ability to do that and of course we get a great jd fantasy that's what this show is built off of a lot of these fantasy fantasy scenes and this one is great. He strolls in. He's looking like, like the Fonz. He's got the leather jacket, the white shirt on, the hair is all perfect and everything. He walks over to the guy who's laying in the bed. He taps him with his elbow like a jukebox, and the guy wakes up from the coma. From the coma. 
very funny little quick scene and also a funny antidote here that I recently heard on the fake doctors, real friends podcast, which is Zach Braff and Donald Faison that they're going back through that started in 2020 around the time of lockdowns and everything like that. And they started going back and rewatching episodes and talking about them. Highly recommend if you are a fan of scrubs, go through and listen to it. I love listening to them. They're very funny. It's very informal. Uh, it's basically the two of them just BSing with each other for about an hour, telling great stories. And one of those stories, Zach admitted talking about this specific episode that the night before they filmed the Fonzie scene, him and Donald were out until 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, and he had a 6 o'clock call, call time to come in and film that scene. And he said in the scene of him as Fonzie that he was still drunk and a little bit buzzed while filming that scene. And I think it works. I think you can kind of see it. You would, you would think it's just Zach Braff playing off as Fonzie and playing cool. But when you learn that he said he was actually a little hungover, a little drunk, a little buzzed, that uh, it kind of makes a little bit of sense there. So after we get this brief fantasy, JD tells the man's family that there's been no signs of neurological function for him for two weeks. He's been in this coma for two weeks. They haven't seen any sort of improvement when suddenly and immediately the guy wakes up. And then we jump into the next scene and Turk is over the moon over the idea that this guy has woken up and he keeps telling JD, it's a miracle. You just witnessed a miracle. That's a miracle. That just doesn't happen. And JD, he doesn't believe in miracles. And so, again, they're planting the seeds and setting up and a little bit of foreshadowing of how people's minds are going to change in the future. Maybe it's JD's, maybe it's somebody else's, but you know that someone, some questions of faith are going to come up at some point in this episode. And we learn a little bit more about Turk, too. And we learn that Turk, he's filled with a lot of belief and trust in his own religious views and that he's a lifelong or devout Christian. I'm assuming that that seems to be an all encompassing word for what he probably is at this point. And then we have him go over and he's looking out the window and he brings Carla and JD with him. And you see this big bright light that maybe it's the star of Bethlehem, something like that. And he reads a line of scripture as he looks out on that, out at that star. And JD's like, Hey man, that's just, the glow from that big Christmas tree in Miller Park. But Turk, he he's not having it. He's believing he's got faith and all that. But again, we get a little breadcrumb as to what's going to happen a little bit later. And that sort of intensifies here in the next scene where we have Elliot. She's talking with the young pregnant girl and the young girl. I say young girl. She's 19 years old. And she mentions that she has been at the big Christmas tree in Miller Park nearly every night just to go see it. And then Elliot breaks the news to her that she's pregnant. So the seeds, again, are being dropped and planted all along the way here. That's why I think it's really good about this writing, specifically in this episode, that they're planting these seeds of everything that's going to happen a little bit later. A little predictable, yes. A little formulaic, yes. But that's kind of what happens in these types of comedy shows, sitcoms things like that. Now the young girl, she's clearly worried about everything. And it looks as though she's finding comfort in Elliot, but Elliot 
she flashes back to what Dr. Kelso Kelso told her about. Oh yeah, you know you're gonna, you're just going to become uh, an OBGYN or work in a family practice because that's what happens. So she immediately gets turned off to the fact of wanting to help her anymore and says, "Look, I'm going to refer you to somebody else here at the hospital." And she walks out of the room. And as we jump back into the next scene, we find out that the pregnant couple is not only friends with Dr. Cox, he's also they're also friends with Dr. Cox's ex-wife and who some would say nemesis, Jordan. And what makes this storyline even more interesting is the fact that JD slept with her previously on the show, but he didn't know at the time that she was Cox's ex-wife. And at this point, Dr. Cox does not know that they slept together. So there's a little bit of tension between JD and Jordan. Jordan, actually, I'd say most of the tension is on JD's side. Jordan seems pretty unfazed by any of this. She's a very strong, funny character. And and I do like that about her a lot. After this quick little scene of them talking, we jump to the crew and they're eating lunch together. And Carla's talking about how, again, she she mentions that it's hard to have the Christmas spirit at the hospital. And it pans out a little bit. And you see that Turk, he's got big reindeer antlers on and he has a red nose. And he's telling everyone that the Christmas spirit lives inside of them. And I love that. I love this about Turk, especially early on in this episode, that he is super passionate about the season. He's passionate about his own faith. He's passionate that miracles happen. Like he's just, he's a guy that he embodies almost a little bit of Buddy the Elf here in this moment that he's just, he's excited. He wants everybody else to be excited. And then we get a scene where JD mentions that Turk has always been great at rallying people and we end up getting my favorite part of the episode, one of my favorite parts of the series I've seen so far. And it's we we have a JD flash to a fantasy sequence where he's sitting in a church and Turk is representing the preacher. And we get this. Congregation, I said, can I get an amen? amen. Tis the season of giving, y'all. And what better place to give than right here at Sacred Heart? Amen. Lovest thou me? Then feed my sheep. So right here at Sacred Heart, we are not only gonna feed his sheep, but we gonna clothe them. And we gonna bathe them. And we gonna cut them open. And then we gonna stitch them right back together. Because that is what Christmas is all about. What's the name of the song we sing During that singing, we also have an incredible little moment with JD and he stands up and he's dancing and he's tapping his feet and he's clapping and it's as if he's being overcome by the Holy Spirit or something. It is amazing. I love it. It makes me laugh very hard. And when he snaps out of his own fantasy, he's still clapping his hands along before Turk tells him 
and Carla that they're going to mass together the next morning. So be sure you're up and ready for 6 a.m. mass and you're going to have your nice clothes on, shirt, suit and tie, you know, nice dress, all of that stuff. So following that funny scene, we get a quick little hit here with JD and the janitor where JD runs over and accidentally knocks over the Christmas tree. And the janitor throughout this episode believes that JD is trying to ruin Christmas for him. Very funny, very quick. The janitor and JD interactions are always very funny. I also love the notion that a lot of people brought up that early on, the belief was that the janitor was only going to be in JD's imagination. And even Bill Lawrence said on the the podcast with Zach Braff and Donald Faison that it was something they sort of tinkered with and toyed with for a little bit, but eventually they never stuck with it because he was just so funny. They needed to figure out other ways to get Neil Flynn involved with other characters on the show. But it is a funny little piece of, of lore there. But after this quick little scene, we go back and we've got, the the couple they're very excited about giving birth to their child and we see jd he's floating around with the camera he looks like a movie director a cinematographer here he's moving in and out between nurses and the doctor and all of that the baby is born and we quickly learn right after that that elliot's young patient has left the hospital and that clearly has her upset and worried about what's happening And when Cox, now we jump to another scene, Cox and JD, they're looking at the film of the birth and we find out that JD didn't put a new tape into the video recorder, which that's some outdated technology. Nobody would ever have to worry about this nowadays, but all we see on this film are Dr. Cox essentially playing with his dog because Dr. Cox always pushes in the tab on the VHS so you're not able to record over it which I thought, again, that clearly dates the show a ton, but it is kind of funny. And Cox, he's upset with JD over messing this up. And I have to say, how did JD know that he needed to put in a new tape? Why is one of Dr. Cox's tapes in there? Why did they not put a new one in there? So I'm not faulting JD on this one. That's This is on Dr. Cox for this. But anyways, we find out that... Uh, that Dr. Cox, he's upset. He's very upset, but he's not showing it the ways that he used to. But he essentially just says, look, my ex-wife is going to continue to hang this over my head because of you, and essentially storms out. And then during this next voiceover, we got JD, and he's talking again about how hard it is to work on Christmas Eve. And we get this great montage of Turk, and he's going in to get some rest, and you see him just get ready to lay down on the bed, and a nurse comes in and grabs him because there's more things happening. And we get a really creative 12 days of Christmas playing in the background and all the lyrics are going over different situations he's had to deal with, people getting shot, people being sick, people throwing up, all those different things. And then at the end, we see Turk look really dejected at the end of the scene. It's the first time we've seen him like this in this episode because he's so happy, he's so go-lucky and excited throughout the beginning of this episode, but here he's just completely downtrodden. And as we head back to Turk and JD's apartment, we got JD and Carla, they're all dressed up. It's clearly Christmas morning and they're ready to go to mass. And then Turk comes in and he says, you know what? I'm not going and I'm never going again because obviously the night before had a massive impact on him. And he's starting to question his faith and he stopped buying into miracles now. And 
that's a place where JD says he's not used to seeing Turk like this. And he's starting to see Turk, the Turk that he knows fading away because he doesn't have his faith. We're back in the hospital. We're back in the room where the couple is watching the tape of the birth that JD recorded. And there's an actual birth going on. And we find out that Dr. Cox had switched out the tapes with a random birthing video. The baby comes out and has hair. And the mother's like, well, I didn't think the baby had hair. And they're like, oh, we shaved him. Uh, Prenatal lice. You always got to take care of it. We shaved him. And (laughs) that little segment was a little funny. We have a little fantasy scene about a children's book of babies having lice and funny stuff like that. And we also get, we see Elliot. She stops in on her day off. And Dr. Kelso's like, what are you doing here? Uh, it's your day off she's like well i'm concerned about that young pregnant girl and of course dr kelso gives her grief because again she's a woman this is where he thinks it's all gonna end up for after this we hop back up we're on the roof and turk and carla are up there and carla's trying to cheer him up and she's kind of hinting a little bit at some sexual energy between them and that uh, maybe sex can liven up where he's going through right now And Turk, he's kind of offended at the fact that this is what Carla is trying to do right now. And he's upset. And he he has this great little scene where he he talks about how he feels abandoned by God and he's abandoned by his faith and that he was told his whole life that God is there to look out for you and watch over you. But he saw so many people suffer on Christmas Eve. He sees so many people suffer on a daily basis that it's hard for him to believe in him anymore. And so to see Turk in this moment, Turk, who is so positive, so happy-go-lucky, he's downtrodden here. He's emotionally impacted by what he has seen. And it's amplified because it's Christmas Eve, because it's supposed to be a night and a day in which people are filled with joy and happiness and love. And he's struggling with it. And I I think it's a great message. I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with all the time uh people who have faith that you can question it because things don't seem so rosy and as happy all the time as maybe you would hope they would be and i have to go back to their podcast again real quickly with zach braff he pointed it out in their podcast and i agree with him wholeheartedly here that this is some really good acting by donald Faison. We've always known him to be the comedic guy. And if you saw Clueless and, of course, here on Scrubs, you've seen him be the funny character. But he's got some real serious heart in this episode. And that's, I think it really amps up the message and the overall feelings of this episode. As we go back inside the hospital, we find out that Dr. Cox, he's never liked Christmas before. And we get a great fantasy cutaway. He's dressed up as the Grinch with a full-on makeup, a little bit like the Jim Carrey Grinch to a certain extent. Not as a full board, but it is still pretty funny. And then we get Jordan and Dr. Cox, and they're arguing. And then JD sort of butts in, and we learn that they are going to bond over their hatred of JD. And Jordan sort of taking some shots at JD before he gets pulled away by Elliot, who says she talked to a 911 operator, and that operator got a call from a young girl who was in labor, but they lost the signal. So they don't know where she is, where she's at. Elliot firmly believes this is the girl she was dealing with earlier, the 19-year-old pregnant girl. And of course, we get this setting up a special ending to this episode. 
So it jumps back and we have Turk. He's on the roof. You could see his cross on his necklace hanging out. They did a great job with the imagery also in this episode. But we see Turk and he's contemplating and he looks up and he spots that star in the sky from earlier and he just starts running. The music here is phenomenal. They did an amazing job of selecting the music. I think they do a great job of selecting music in general in the series from what I've seen so far. But the music builds and we have Turk. He's taking off in a full sprint before we see him end up in the park and he's looking around and he spots the young pregnant girl by the big Christmas tree and she's clearly in labor. So all those little breadcrumbs led you to this great moment of Turk being there for her when she needed him, anyone, the most. And Turk created his own bit of a miracle in this moment. And we cut then to the very end of the whole gang with the young mother and the baby under the tree. And Carla asked Turk, she's like, how did, how did you know she was there? And he just said, I just, I just knew. And it, it basically restores his faith, restores his belief in miracles because he was able to help create this miracle and that this miracle happened because of him. And then we get a fantasy sequence real quickly uh, from JD's perspective of he basically sees the birth of Christ. The young girl is dressed up like the Virgin Mary and she's holding the baby and we've got the three wise men and shepherds and all that stuff. Very funny little moment. And then we have it cuts away and JD and Elliot and Turk and Carla, they're underneath the tree talking about it being Christmas. And then we have JD saying, God bless us, everyone. And then Turk goes, boy, you are such a dork. And JD's like, I thought that was a good one. And then the episode ends and that wraps up my own personal Jesus from season one of Scrubs. So for longtime listeners, first-time listeners, we like to determine here on the podcast whether or not an episode should be deemed a classic. It doesn't matter if it's Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, winter, Super Bowl, Easter, which, by the way, Easter episodes are going to be a lot harder to find, I feel, in the future. We got lucky with a Drew Carey one earlier this year. I don't know how many more we're going to be able to find. But I like to determine whether or not I think it should be a classic. And with this episode of Scrubs, I got to give it a... You got it, dude! So that should come as no surprise to any of you what I gave this because I've been basically waxing poetic about this for a while. And maybe part of this is also my own... I'm sort of in a recency bias a little bit because I am watching the show right now, but it does hit on a lot of great levels. All the stuff with, with Turk, seeing that evolution of being super into his own beliefs and faith and then being tested a little bit and then coming out of that test and still finding his faith again. And, and for somebody uh, like Turk, again, that I mentioned who normally isn't that type of character is usually more of the funny outward uh, type of guy. He, he nailed it. Donald Faison nailed it in this episode and so I, I would highly recommend giving this one a watch. Even if you're not a fan of Scrubs, I think you should give it a watch because it 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 is very good. It takes you, it gives you a slightly different perspective than a lot of the other shows, especially a lot of the shows that I've covered so far here on TGI Podcasts. Now, 
speaking of, we still have another week left here in July. We're going to have one more episode dropping with our Christmas in July episodes. They've been a lot of fun. seems like a lot of people have been enjoying them as well, which is great. And even if you're not listening listening to this now in July, or maybe you're, you've saved it up and you're listening to it in the Burr months to get you going, I'm happy for that as well. But again, if you get a chance, go back and, and watch this episode of Scrubs because I do think it's very good. Now, as far as the podcast goes, I say it every week, but if you would like to review us, I would very much appreciate that. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I will send you a free TGI podcast sticker. You can find us on Facebook or on Instagram by searching TGI Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Urich, E-U-R-I-C-H. Again, if you leave a review, find me on one of those platforms. I will get back to you and we'll figure out a way to get a sticker to you. And again, we've got one more episode coming up after this. Very excited about that. I'll be able to announce what we're going to be doing in August and what that means with September and everything else coming up in the very new future. So I hope you guys enjoy this one and I'll talk to you all very, very soon. The TGI podcast is written, produced and hosted by me, Matt Urich. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Yurick, and be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.